you know, there was first MS-DOS as an as a, as a operating system with the keyboard. Mm-hmm. And then there was MS-Windows with the mouse. And then there's like iOS with the phone. And now like, what do you call this when we're now operating or when we're interfacing with computers with our voice? And I realized it's actually a voice operating system. That's the way I work. I, I communicate, you know, through my, through my voice. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is part one of my interview with Dr. Terry Fisher. Voice technology, it's not going away. But my next guest is here to tell you it's not anything to be afraid of. In fact, it's something to be embraced. He's been dubbed the voice doctor and is a unique blend of keynote speaker, physician, podcaster, author, educator, performer, and leading authority on all things voice technology. He believes that voice technology is the next operating system and the future of computers and artificial intelligence. Dr. Terry Fisher is his name, and he's here to break down the complexities of this technology to its simple parts. Listen into our conversation while we discuss navigating the world of voice. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your taking the time, Terry, because I know you are a busy guy. Holy moly. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yes, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And I noticed you were just live in LinkedIn not too long ago. I was. We just did a LinkedIn live, yeah, an hour ago uh, to uh, to interview someone for, for The Voice Den. Wow. So. Okay. So yeah, um, while we're on that subject, why don't you talk a little about The Voice Den? What do you do with that? Sure. So The Voice Den is an online event. Uh, it started almost a year ago now. And mm-hmm. the idea behind that was to create an event where the best way I can describe it, it was to reproduce the experiences that people have at a conference, but outside of the formal sessions. So uh, you go out for dinner or you go out and just have, have drinks, but you're, you're meeting with people that, you know, maybe you followed on social media or maybe you heard speak and you want to have a chance to just chat with them and get to know them. Um, and that's what, that's what the, the voice stand is all about. So we typically bring on, Five, we call them voice fluencers. Five people in the in the voice space, um, people that typically um, participants maybe wouldn't have access to them directly, um, but we bring them on and then we invite participants on the show live to ask any question at all that is on their mind. So there is no structure to it. There is no, um, you know, there's no specific format. It's really uh, an opportunity for people to have fun, chat, and talk to some of the people that they may not necessarily have fun doing and it's been it's been referred to as the happy hour of voice now so that's <laughs> I, I like that, that. and uh <laughs> and that, that's sort of what it's all about so the next one happens to be tonight so that's why i was interviewing someone about oh, it so great okay wonderful yeah. wow so it sounds like it's kind of like clubhouse before clubhouse without video <laughs> that's it that's exactly it so so that's why i've started doing the voice in on clubhouse now which is basically the same idea but without yeah. the video so it actually lends itself really well and what we do now is with the voice stand online event that lasts for an hour. And then the, the next hour we jump onto clubhouse so we can just continue the, the conversation there and people can come on and just continue to 
have fun. That's so great. So just so that I can explain to the people out there who might not understand exactly what this means exactly. Uh, and I just said exactly way too many times. <laughs> anyway, um, so for people who may not understand quite what the voice den talks about, can you go into a little bit about what you're actually discussing in these in these rooms? Sure. So uh, the voice den is really all about the voice industry. And that's 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 a very broad term as well. Uh, so when I use voice, I'm I'm talking about um, conversational AI, artificial intelligence, um, okay. voice technology, uh, and that sort of thing. And so that covers everything from uh, smart speakers, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant. We have developers that come on and talk about you know tips and tricks and how they're creating interesting and and engaging experiences through smart speakers, to you know to CEOs of companies that are. Uh, leveraging the technology to people, representatives from Amazon and Google come on there. Um, so those sorts of things, anything that really has to do with conversational AI, artificial intelligence uh, is fair game for the voice dance. So it is, it is quite a broad area as well, but it is focusing on the technology of voice. Yeah, I love that. So how did you get interested in this? I mean, it's a pretty specific niche there. <laughs> it is. So I have always been like a technology enthusiast ever since I was a kid. And like, I can remember building things like radio controlled airplanes and cars and all that sort of stuff. And then way before you or some of your listeners may, may remember the, um, like the Palm pilots, like way before iPhones, they're like these little, oh, like, yeah. um, Surprisingly, devices. I do remember those. <laughs> so there you go. So yeah. I, I like to say I was one of the early adopters of the Palm Pilot, and I would have uh -huh. this thing actually in high school. Um, so anyway, I've always just really been really interested in technology. That's the bottom line. Um, I'm also a musician, and I've always been very interested in music and audio. Um, and then I'm also uh, very interested in education. Uh, I did a teaching degree before I did medical school. And so over the last couple of years, these interests have really sort of melded together technology, education, audio, uh, music, sound. And I became aware of the opportunities and what's happening with voice technology. And uh, I just became completely enthralled with the whole idea. And so uh, I, I just, I launched a number of resources to help to educate people about what you can do with voice technology and the way the industry is going. And um, I guess because it's so, new and it's such an innovative space it's it's a lot of interest has been there and it's grown from that and it's been a lot of fun just chatting about something that's that's really innovative and and uh really exciting and like i say it just it, it combines a lot of my passions so that's sort of how i fell into it yeah so much to unpack there yeah but it sounds like it's a really nice melding of of everything that you love like you said which is really great yes so going into a little bit more about how this can be used can you talk a little about like what this kind of technology can be used for and where the um you know where you can see it going sure maybe maybe if i can if i can just take a step back because I, th I think it'll just sort sure. of give a, a little uh, a frame of reference or to level set here like voice and the reason why i think voice is so compelling when it comes to technology is um like if i go back let's say i'm gonna date myself here um, <laughs> go for it <laughs> 30 years or something like that i remember coming home as a kid from school elementary school and i don't know i, I must have been around 10 or something i don't know um i came home and my parents um were really excited and they said we we bought this newest piece of technology and knowing that i would 
love to see what this new piece of technology is. Of course, I ran into the office and um, they're sitting on the desk was our very first personal computer. Uh -huh. And it was a Tandy computer from Radio Shack. I still remember this. Mm -hmm. And it had those five and a quarter inch floppy disks. I remember. Um, and you put it in the drive <laughs> and you turn the little lever down and you turn it on and then you would wait and wait and wait and it would boot up and, and eventually yep. you had an MS-DOS prompt. And so that was it, right? And then we would sit and we would just type on the keyboard. And that was my first real experience interfacing with a computer. And then uh, history has shown that about every 10 years, there's a, there's a big transformation in operating systems. And so you go 10 years from that point and MS Windows came out. So now you had a mouse and that was a pretty big deal at the time. And you could yeah. sort of drag things much around the easier. screen. Much, much easier. I remember <laughs> like drawing little stick figures and stuff with the little primitive paint programs. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, so we went from a keyboard to a mouse as a way to interface with a computer. Approximately 10 years later was when Steve Jobs got up on stage and introduced the iPhone. So, and again, that was a big deal, right? A very magical device, touchscreen, yeah. pinch, um, swipe, zoom, et cetera, the whole bit. And um, so much power just in the palm of your hand. And I mean, you so just much carry power. it around. Unbelievable yeah. what it could do, really. Um, and now here we are approximately a decade later, a little bit longer, but a decade later. Um, and now because of computing power, because of artificial intelligence, because of natural language understanding and processing these technologies, um, things are very different. And the reason they're very different is because with those other three scenarios that I described, the, the, the keyboard, the mouse, the touchscreen, they all require a piece of hardware whether it's, like I said, the, the keyboard, the mouse, or the touchscreen, you have to be physically interfacing with the computer through a piece of hardware. Mm -hmm. Now for the first time, uh, instead of us having to adapt to the computers, the computers are adapting to us because all you need is a microphone in the background and you can just speak and the computers understand, which is a completely different way of interfacing with computers. And because of that, um, this is a very exciting time because that's going to really change the way that we interface with computers, that brands set up their experiences with, with consumers, with audiences, with clients, and also from a healthcare perspective, um, how we are able to uh, use our voices as a way to um, glean a little bit of an insight into what's going on inside our bodies as well. Um, and so that's, that's some of the basis of why voice is, is very interesting and, and why we're at this time right now in, in technology evolution. I know it takes some effort to write a review, and I know how busy and, let's face it, kind of stressful our lives are right now, so it means a lot that you take the time to let me know how you feel about the podcast. Bruce at Mindfulness Mode writes, This is a gift to any business. This podcast gives a whole new perspective to branding and every business owner needs to hear it. Jody has a terrific voice and presence as an interviewer, and she draws out the best from her guests. There are powerful lessons you need to hear right now to pump new life into your business. Thank you so much for your thoughtful words, Bruce. I really appreciate it. And now back to the show. Um, I think when we had talked before, you had mentioned five reasons why voice is so compelling. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I guess if you, you've probably covered some of that already, but can you go into more of that? Sure, certainly. I'd be happy to. So, um, yeah, again, it kind of relates back to those different interfaces and, and the difference between what voice offers versus those other ones. So like you said, I, I've talked about sort of five different reasons and I've used the, the five letters in voice to, to summarize that, V-O-I-C-E. Um, so the first one is, is versatile. 
And what I mean by that is with voice, you truly can multitask. Um, so we could be driving and having a conversation. That's a, that's a good example, but you certainly shouldn't, you shouldn't be driving and texting or that, <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff. Right. Um, or you could be, you know, working out and having a conversation, using your voice, talking to a computer while you're working out and, and that sort of thing. So it's, so it's extremely versatile in the sense that you can, you, you can multitask. Um, so that's the first one. Um, o is stands for omnipresent and you'll be very familiar with this. The fact that voice is audio, it just, it's sound waves. It's all around you. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to be just looking at a screen looking at a keyboard or, you know, whatever it may be, looking at your phone. But if the, the example I give there is, you know, if somebody called your name from behind you, you are aware of that because it's sound. And so that's something that's obviously very powerful about voice compared to looking at a screen or typing something. Um, the I stands for innate. So when we are born, the first thing that we do, hopefully if we're healthy, is as a baby, is we cry. We use our, we use our voice. It's completely instinctual. And um, unlike those other interfaces that we talked about, those, uh, some are easier than others, but there's actually still things you, you have to learn how to use them. You have to learn how to type. You have to learn how to use a mouse. And those are skills you have to learn. Whereas with voice, it's instinctual. And what we're finding now is as kids are growing up, because they can interface with computers through the sound of their voice, um, they're, they're able to actually ask computers questions and actually have some interaction with a computer before they're able to read, write, text, type, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which is a very interesting shift as well. Um, so that's the I. Um, C is contextual. And this part, uh, this part is really fascinating to me, and I know we'll talk more about this. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the idea that within our voice, there is a lot of emotion, a lot of data beyond just the words that are spoken. Um, and maybe I'll save some of that, some of those or examples of that to come back to, because I know that's a very interesting, I'm fascinated <laughs> by that too. So there's yeah. the, the context part. And then finally, E is um, efficient, efficiency. Um, when you type, the average person types at about 40 words per minute. The average person speaks at about 150 words per minute, three to four times faster. And so it's a much more efficient way in order to transmit knowledge and, and share, share messages and communicate. So uh, those are the five reasons. Uh, uh, versatile, omnipresent, innate, contextual, and efficient. And uh, for that reason, I think voice is, is, is really compelling now. Yeah, and I totally agree. I mean, we were talking about Clubhouse not too long ago, and I think that um, getting into the emotional impact of a voice, that's all you're hearing on Clubhouse, right? You don't have any other context. Exactly. But the thing is, we're almost able to interpret those sounds Uh, we don't really need to see them. Like I don't, it's nice to see a person's face, but I can get the context of what they're meaning by the tone of voice. Yes. So it's, uh, it's amazing to see what Clubhouse and and the other apps like it are, are making possible at this point. So now all of a sudden social media isn't all about typing and posting pictures. That's right. (laughs) It's also about actually having a conversation with another human being. That's right. And it's much harder to fake that. I should say it totally can be done with technology. Well, yes, but, but it's, but it's harder, much, much harder to Photoshop your voice, so to speak, in, in real time on Clubhouse, mm-hmm. for example, uh, compared to you could take, I mean, you could take up to hours if you wanted to like create the perfect image for Instagram, right? Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a lot harder to, to, to fake it. Which I think is a good thing, you know? Yeah. I think we're all craving authenticity right now, so. I would agree. 
it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense that having that deeper connection with whoever you're speaking with is a good thing. <laughs> and I think that's part of why Clubhouse is, is so interesting to people right now. Because, And certainly, I'm sure, the, you know, the pandemic does have something to do with the, the growth of it right now. Oh, definitely. Um, but people being able to, like you said, uh, interact in a way that is authentic, that you can truly, like, I, I think that after, you know, if the person speaks for 30 seconds, maybe even shorter than that, you can kind of get a sense of of that that person um, much more quickly, in my view, than you can then say you know scrolling through a list of tweets or or images. Um, there's just something about the voice that's extremely powerful. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and I love that there's emotion in there. I mean, that's my whole business, right? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's important. It's definitely important. Intention Absolutely. is important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned something called uh, hashtag voice is my OS. <laughs> voice is my operating system. <laughs> yeah. I kind of love that. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So that's that's a, a little campaign that I started uh, for social media. Um, you know, when I was sort of synthesizing some of these ideas about voice and, and how compelling it is, um, I started to think about it in terms of as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, you know, there was first MS-DOS as an as a, as a operating system with the keyboard. Mm -hmm. And then there was MS-Windows with the mouse. And then there's like iOS with the phone. And now, like, what do you call this when we're now operating or we're interfacing with computers with our voice? And I realized it's actually a voice operating system. That's the way I work. I I communicate, you know, through my, through my voice. Um, and so there are different companies, if you really want to break it down and get technical, there are different companies, just the way there's like iOS versus Android. The, the examples that I use is, well, there's Amazon Alexa or Google Assistant, but they both function off of the sound of your voice. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, that's, that's what I mean by like voice is an operating system. Um, and it's my operating system because that's how I am, uh, that's how I'm working. So, so voice is my OS is that hashtag that I created. Um, and you know, it's just, a, it's a fun thing. People can go and they can, they can, if they want to kind of contribute a reason why they feel that voice is their OS, they can actually go to voicesmyos.com and we're happy to have them input, you know, just put in a headshot and, you know, the reason why voices are operating system. And we'll, we'll create a graphic for them, uh, featuring them and their quote that they can share if they'd like to. It's a, it's a kind of a fun way to kind of get the word out and, and just get more, more excitement around voice. <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, it's it's hugely important, and I think it's a hugely important way to connect with people right now, considering we're all mostly far apart. <laughs> exactly. Still. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, there's a silver lining here. Hopefully, it's yeah. we're coming to the end of it soon. But still, yes, oh. it's it's been a it's been a crazy year. For yeah, sure. I'm about sure. done. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. actually, just along along those lines, uh -huh. something else that that uh, I, I might just share briefly sure. is um. Again, it's funny how history repeats itself, but when you go back a century in like the 1918, 1919, there was uh, a major worldwide pandemic. Yeah. And the flu. Yeah. Yes. And then coming out of that, it was the 1920s and it was a period of, um, you know, there's a lot of growth, a lot of like prosperity, a lot of technological advances at that time. And it was called the roaring twenties. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting to me is here we are like a hundred years later a pandemic we're coming we're in the early 20s yeah and um you know but but I, like i said I, I see sort of the light at the end of this tunnel here 
And I think it's going to be a very exciting next couple of years and decade in terms of technology and uh, from my perspective, like artificial intelligence and voice tech. And so I'm talking about it like I, I think we're going to experience the roaring 20s again. Um, but what's interesting is when you think about like, how do you roar? You use your voice. <laughs> That's a good point. And so, and so it, you know, it kind of brings it around full circle again. So, so here's the fingers crossed to, uh, to uh, the end of this pandemic soon. And, and then we can, we can start to roar. Yeah, so. definitely. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio-branding-strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests, and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now, back to the podcast. Uh, I was, what, what was it called? Um... Uh, there's a series out there, um, and I can't remember the name of it now, but it goes through um, a lot of things that they're predicting for the future. Uh -huh. uh, Media Dystopia, that's what it's called. Media Dystopia. Dystopia. Okay. Um, and it's a online sort of really short video explainer series. Mm -hmm. And they go into some detail on some of the things that they're seeing that might happen in the future. A lot of it is in regards to advertising and marketing and that kind of thing, which I, you know, obviously have a, a bit of an interest in. Uh, sure. But but some of it actually was really interesting because it was made in uh, the 20, it, like it was made in 2018. I think that was the late, it started 2017, wow. made in uh, more a second season in 2018. And in 2018, they were uh, not sure whether virtual reality would go in one direction or another. They were kind of questioning whether or not it would become a gimmick for brands to use for their uh, promotion or if it would actually be adopted by the greater community at large and actually made into something that would be worthwhile, <laughs> you know, as opposed to just taking you on a trip through your fridge, <laughs> you know. So right. there's right. there's differences here. Uh, but. But I'm thinking now, like after having gone through all of the pandemic and all of the stuff that's keeping us apart, that virtual reality is going to become the thing that brings us back together yeah, or part of it, at least. For sure. Like, you know, I come back to Clubhouse now. Everybody's talking about Clubhouse today. But, <laughs> yeah. but could you imagine like if, if Clubhouse had that sort of that virtual reality layer on top of it so that not only are you hearing the voice, but you're actually, you know, you're immersed in a, in a virtual room mm -hmm. with everybody. and um, you can start to, you know, if you turn uh, your head, it actually might change the way that your voice is heard and it might be directed more towards one person versus another person. It might appear louder. Yeah. Like there's, 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 there's a lot that could be done there. And then seeing the avatars of the people in, in, in real time and moving around the room, like it's a very interesting concept for sure. Yeah. I just, I think it was, 
I think what really interested me about that, besides the virtual reality itself, which is always interesting, but it interested me that they were predicting it could go in two directions, that it could be overused by brands and just ruined and no one would mm. want to do it anymore. Or it could be used for a more, I guess, autocratic type of use. <laughs> like everyone could have it and it would it would be useful and people would actually use it just because it's a nice way to connect with people. I know people using Oculus right now. Yes. And so it's really interesting to me to to sort of hear how they're using it at the moment, which is really early days yet. I mean, we're not we're not anywhere near where we want to be, I think, to really make good use of it. But predicting the future. I mean, who could have predicted a pandemic that would race all of this ahead, right? <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's great. Just from, from the medical perspective too. Oh, like, I'm sure. It, it's completely changed my my practice. Um, I'd you know, like to hear was, more about that actually. What has happened? Sure. So, you, you know, well, prior to a year ago, or I guess a, a year ago, um, you know, I was seeing patients in, in the clinic. Um, but there's been a huge shift and a lot of people are now seeing me either through um, video conferencing, like some type of virtual visit, or over the phone. Um, and what's interesting to me is, certainly there was a, there were a lot of questions when I started doing that, like, can, can you practice medicine in, in that way? And there are certain, certainly things that you do need to see somebody in person, and I, and I still do see some patients in person. Um, but for a lot of things, you can accomplish a lot uh, over the phone or through a virtual visit. And um, patients actually really love it because it's so convenient for mm -hmm. them. They, they won't have to take the time to get in their car and drive to the clinic and so on. Um, and so I, I, it's amazing how, it, it, like, you, like you were saying, like it took the pandemic to kind of really cause this transformation, which, which I think is, is, is a really good thing. Uh, that's one of the silver linings of this. And, and um, you know, I can see this continuing on because it's just such a better experience for for patients than like i said jumping in the car and driving and so on and and again there are certain things that you have to come in to see see a doctor about um but for a lot of things it's 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 a really interesting and new model maybe it's not it. so new but people are embracing it yeah well i i can't imagine they'll want to go back after things are you know it'll be a new normal i don't think it'll be normal exactly <laughs> that's right but i guess we'll see where everything falls uh, but yeah, I think once you introduce stuff like this, it doesn't really go away. So no, no. yeah, it, it, it uh, once people get a taste of it, I think then they'll, I mean, they'll demand it. They're like, no, I want to, I want to see you by phone. That worked pretty well for me or by, by, you know, virtual visit that worked pretty well for me. And, uh, well, um, it, you know, just to, at the, at the very least, you know, sitting in your doctor's office for an, an hour and a half waiting for them to get to you when they said your appointment was an hour and a half ago. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. That, you know, much easier to wait in your home. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Oh, I, I can tell you, I like, I love uh, Instacart. So, <laughs> that you know, all these little interesting, uh, helpful things that have made our lives much easier that I don't Absolutely. know if I'd want to go without again, you know? Like, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. And, and maybe that, maybe that's a good place to, to just comment, like, like, you know, voice, um, and we're not here yet, but we are seeing a lot of research in this area, uh, in terms of voice being able to help us out with a lot of the, um, things that you may need to see a doctor about in the future. And, and 
sort of being a little bit cryptic here. But, <laughs> sure. but this gets into this gets into the whole idea of of vocal biomarkers. I know we we, we spoke about that, yeah. that briefly. I do want um, to talk about that. Definitely. Yeah. So maybe maybe if it's okay, maybe I can just share a little bit about that. By and because this this is an area that I that I think truly is is absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. with 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 voice. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time, 